What's going on, Sassy Gamers? Today is May 6th, 2021, and this is episode 47 of Got Our Attention Podcast. And uh, it's pretty impressive. That was, that was impressive. That was I'm, I'm actually impressed that we're still doing this almost a year in now, that we've actually survived ah. doing this. I knew we would be. I had I no no question. I mean, we even brought in a, a new person. Bruno, are you still around? Some were worried about you last week that you potentially. I'm still. I'm still here. Okay. Just want to make sure because censored, but but not <laughs> not gone. We put you in a box. It's basically what happened. Hey, me too. We all put all that's of fine. us in a box. It's like it, it is a box, but it's like it's almost like it's made of like plastic wrap or something. Sometimes we just like morph it a little bit. Yeah, just a little bleep bit. here, bleep there, you know. Yeah, it's fine. The the bleep, it's I'm really make easy. You edit your own audio. I was to say it's really easy to get the bleeps in there. There's like a program that does it. It's automated. We just all we have to do is just run it's it. It's not it. released yet. Yeah, it's really cool. It's got a really cool name. It's, it's called, called Phoenix Nova. Phoenix Nova software. No, yeah, it's called bleep. It's <laughs> not me. Oh, you, you, you're gonna edit your own bleeping audio. Let me tell you. Yeah, we uh, well. We started a little. I got a bleeping do it. Man, I'm too close. I guess. I'm we sorry. started a I'm little like, no later. One wants to see my face that close. Live this time. <laughs> so if you listen to the podcast, obviously you don't know if we started later or not. But we did start a little later today. Uh, I I'd kind of been talking about music in the past and how I'd done that previously, and and then recently we've been talking about different things and uh, oh kind of got the Cut itch. To the chase. You did a Zeisia. You made changes right before the podcast, like you do frequently, because you're an adrenaline junkie. I wouldn't say adrenaline junkie. I wouldn't say that's the case, but yeah, you I did. Be I'm like like five minutes before it's, the I'm more impatient. Going, Is it going to work? He's impatient. Yeah. He's like, I got a new toy. And it's like, well, you can wait to play with it till later. No. He's like, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm like, bet. It's got to be now. <laughs> bet. Well, that's kind of like him in games, right? He like he starts playing something. He's like, "This is cool," but he's like, "But then there's that one over there," and it's like, "I could keep playing this and wait to play that's that, but I could just go and play pretty that." Pretty much it. I mean, I'm very impatient when it comes to things like that. So, I literally got some new music toys, and I wanted to try them out, mm-hmm. which obviously is audio related. And you know, like Brian said, yeah, let's do things that changes on the day of, and yeah, but I'm I mean, all that for explains it. today. That doesn't explain the <laughs> rest of the times that you've done that exact same thing. Well, right. I mean, I have to do things, other things that, you know, that's the adrenaline junkie part. <laughs> y- you have to do these things so that you can, like, not know if you're going to be ready to podcast or not. Yeah, but I'm good at and, it now, and solve it. It's really the solving it that I think that you like the best. Yeah, see, that's and that's kind of why, you know, the work that I do, <laughs> it's why, because I like to solve things and I, I have to create my own puzzles and, and, and problems so I can solve them. <laughs> oh, Whoa. man, that was. Oh, that I was think it was Bruno. Yeah. So anyway, what just happened? I, I, I think I think a dog just happened to the mic. Yeah. <laughs> or no, it was beard. Beard just happened. To it was the probably mic. my beard. Yeah. My beard just happened. Yes, to the mic. beard just happened. But uh. Yeah, anyway, so I figured uh, my fault on starting a little later than usual for those who are watching live. But, uh, you yeah, know, whatever. It happens. Yeah, uh, it's not late. We start when we start. We are. It's always the case. Precisely at the time that we mean to be or whatever. <clears throat> whatever that uh, quote is. <laughs> yeah. When we show oh, up, man. the party starts. It's um, it's an interesting day. We have some news. Uh, it's actually pretty exciting. Um, we do have some news that is quite sad. Uh, and then we have some other random things that we obviously find every week. Uh, but one of those sad things, um, is pretty sad. It's kind of like, you know, losing a, a part of yourself, I guess you could say. Um, but anyway, without further ado, we'll jump into the news. Yeah. And, uh, first piece of news that we have is not sad. It's actually really, really cool. And I'm excited for it. I've mentioned this before, I think even yeah. on this podcast and certainly I've mentioned it. Um, in conversations with friends, and I'm sure that many of the people who will listen to this have probably also talked about it. Um, if you're a console gamer, um, in this case specifically on Sony's PlayStation consoles, uh, you've probably come across the idea of, wouldn't it be nice if when I'm playing crossplay games, I had something other than PSN to talk to people so I could actually use voice chat? Well, <laughs> Sony has officially announced a partnership with Discord. Um, and from what they're saying, they intend to bring 
integration with Discord to the PlayStation platform as early as 2022, like early 2022. Um, so that's like, that's a big deal. They actually purchased a, uh, they made a minority investment for Discord. Um, so that's something that's coming around the corner pretty soon. Yeah, and that was, obviously we had talks um, a few weeks ago about Microsoft. Uh, there was rumors that Microsoft was trying to buy Discord and uh, and add that to their collection of many things that they have uh, now. And that kind of fell through. And then out of the blue, we hear this news that now Sony has a partnership with Discord. Um, so there, there's good things about this. Um, you know, the first part being obviously PlayStation users are going to be able to have something way more reliable um, for communication versus crossplay versus just using the PlayStation network. Uh, and then also, you know, being able to join communities because Discord is also about communities, right? It's not just about the servers that you're in with your friends or, you know, use it for just voice talks or whatever. Um, you can also join communities based on gaming. So if like you're playing, let's say, Dark Souls and you wanted some tips and tricks, you could just join the Discord for Dark Souls, one of the many I'm sure that are out there and, uh, and be able to find players like you or get tips and tricks and, you know, hints or whatever that may be listed on their Discord server. Um, so that's really neat. And then the second part of this is that um, they didn't buy Discord. So Discord is still its own entity. Uh, yeah, there's a minor stake now um, that Sony is now going to be purchased and owned. Um, but that also leaves Discord available to be their own company still. Like there was talks about them going IPO eventually. And uh, that's really interesting and really cool news for them to, to be able to, to do something else, but also be able to maintain their identity, uh, which I think is huge for Discord because there's a lot of a lot of things they've done, like I've mentioned recently with the the voice talking for uh, the speaker priority for like multiple larger events when you have like uh, people like do conventions like the talks where they have people, you know, hosting and they want people to ask questions and things. Uh, and then what's the whole COVID, the whole COVID world that we're in? Everybody's using Zoom and using Discord now to communicate. And that's really neat that they're going to be able to continue that moving forward. Yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be hilarious if Microsoft just integrated Discord into to the Xbox. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, it would take very little effort uh, because X, the Xbox platform runs on a Windows kernel mm -hmm. and they already have a Discord app in the Windows store. And all they'd have to do is write the front end hooks into the Xbox and then allow games to like connect into those hooks. I mean, they could do it. They, <laughs> and they hilarious. could still because they're not owned by Sony. So that wouldn't be surprising yeah. to me if we do end up seeing Xbox users able to use discord as well as an app or whatever. Yeah. yeah even, even as an overlay, like they, they do on a PC with playing different games. I want it. I want that to happen. It'd make life so much easier. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was funny that uh, I was using. Um, so back in the day, there was TeamSpeak, obviously, that most people used for uh, whatever online gaming you were doing. And uh, and that was actually probably the closest that I've used to Discord uh, because I also moved to another one called um, GameVox. And uh, and that one was a way to get friends together and like you can join, but it wasn't you couldn't break out into different rooms. Uh, and then obviously Discord like kind of came out of nowhere and they were like, you know, it's free. And then you can like have like text rooms. You could have voice rooms. And I'm like, this is kind of like TeamSpeak, but that there's like text that I can do rather than just the channel. So uh, there's a lot of interesting things, but they kind of came out of the blue and then they kind of blew up. I mean, they just kind of kept going yeah. until where well, here we are. <laughs> and, and one of the advantages over TeamSpeak is it's it's so asynchronous. You can, you know, like leave the discord channel and the discussion is still going on in there and you yeah. can come back and you can catch up on what was said if you wanted to, uh, as far uh, as the text you, rooms, you yeah. not worth it, but well, yes, for the tech side. Um, but that's, that's what I'm saying is, you know, like initially people thinking just like team speak, but you know, then it's, it, it gives you, uh, a lot more functionality. Um, yeah. it's crazy. It's just, it's just such a nice, addition to console like if you go back one month to the release of outriders that was actually a major that, that was the factor the deciding factor as to why the people that i knew purchased the game on pc 
was because they were like, oh, well, we already play on console and we've been playing the demo. And we have all these characters and like these legendaries. But then it's like, okay, well, well, there's a few of us on PC that have the same things. So like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And we could have still played crossplay across multiple consoles, but then the voice communication would have been annoying. And we mm-hmm. actually had a discussion. We're like, man, like we wish that Discord existed. And because of that, instead of people playing it on PlayStation or Xbox, they purchased it on PC so that we could all play together. Yep. I, um, yeah. With having I voice mean, chat. There, there's people that solve that already. They they play on console and they're literally, literally on Discord on their phone. That's what I was about to yeah, mention. It's just not the... Is, uh, it's a weird setup, though. It's janky. It's the uh, ah. same thing on the Switch. Um, when I was off for, uh, for work for business and uh, like later that afternoon, like when I got back to the room... Uh, I had my Switch with me and I was wanting to play Rocket League with my friends and uh, I bought it on Switch. But, you know, I, I played on PC, but the only way to play was on Switch. So I did that. And then the way to get voice chat going was to pull up Discord on my phone and just put my headbutt, my little earbud in and uh, and do that. So it was uh, that was the way I was able to communicate. <laughs> so. oh, I'm sorry, Bruno just looked like he was. uh uh, yes. Well, he was having dog problems there. Let's just leave it at that. Some dog problems. He's he's lonely. OK. Yeah. <laughs> Poor just, guy. The expression on your face was just priceless, though, because if you don't know, he was falling off of my lap. He's he's not very smart. For those of you who can't see what's happening right now, if you're just listening, he has a, a Pomeranian named Drakkar and he is like a big fluff ball. He's he's an ex model. Uh, he used to to be a model and he's just he's he very, very. Uh, just chill. I mean, little little known fact that he uh, modeled and they based a roly coly off of him. <laughs> but yeah, he's well, just a, a ball of fuzz. It's just funny. Moving on. Uh, breaking Tuesday. Uh, was some very interesting news that three of the founding members of Giant Bomb left. And it was actually very interesting because both friend of the podcast, Squirrel, along with myself, were both messaging Zycia within uh, probably with six minutes of each it was other. I think very, be- very be- similar. Yeah. Yeah. He beat me by like six minutes or something like that. And it could be because he was probably listening to it live because their podcast, the giant bomb cast that they did that day, they announced it on that. Um, And it's just really interesting because, uh, you know, giant bomb started about 2008 when Jeff Gershman, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but Jeff Gershman and Ryan Davis left uh, or similar times from uh, uh, GameSpot at the time. Uh, it's 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 a story you can look up and no one knows all the details of the story because even Jeff's under some like legal, basically NDAs where he can't talk about certain things about him leaving GameSpot. But he left Ryan Davis. They found somebody. Uh, that had started some websites through whiskey media and they brought in other people that they knew that they had worked with like Brad Shoemaker, uh, Vinny Caravella and Alex Navarro. And those are the three that just left giant bomb. Uh, and they had brought in some other people as well. And they started that when the whole concept of personalities being on the internet and being part of your entertainment and some of your news and and wh- whether whether you're talking about influencers, I mean, really, personalities being on the internet is kind of what started the trend towards influencers. Um, and they had just started doing some of those concepts at GameSpot, and they took that forward to Giant Bomb, and they started the stuff really before you could put video on the internet very easily. Um, YouTube in its early days, YouTube only allowed like, I think five or 15 minute videos. It was very small. Uh, so they couldn't do the type of format that they did. And they, you know, built this out of 
very small beginnings. Very many times it could have collapsed and almost did. And then later on got bought out by CBS Interactive who had bought out GameSpot. So now they were working under the same roof again. But that's fine because it really wasn't, it wasn't the site that, you know, really was the problem. It was some new management that had come in uh, that disagreed with Jeff on a number of things that ended up firing him. So that management had been moved on by the time they were under CBS Interactive and they kind of became uh, good friends, as it were, again. So when you look at it now, with these three people leaving, Jeff Gershman is really the only founding person left because Ryan Davis sadly had passed away many years ago at this point. Um, still fresh in a lot of people's memories. He's undeniably a big part of that site uh, through many of its uh, early years. But I mean, you're talking 2008 till now. I mean, like 14 years, some of these people were working there. And, you know, Mike was just saying, hey, we're on, you know, episode, episode number 47. 47. <laughs> and like, holy cow, we might make a year. And it's weird because you're like, Vinny Caravella and Alex Navarro basically left the San Francisco offices and went out to the New York offices and worked in a CBS, actually not even a CBS. It was, uh, it was a, um, it was an office primarily owned by TV guide. And they worked in an office full of salespeople. So they were the weird ones there that did this video game stuff and, you know, they they like would like leave slightly drunk after a film in 40s or they would hear Abby screaming because she's doing some of her Halloween stuff. She has since left uh, as well. But they went out there and they opened this New York office and they started, you know, the the second podcast, the Beast Cast, which I think this Friday is the last one with three hundred and twenty one episodes. Wow. Um, so, I mean. Even that, which is the shorter of the two, you know, uh, Bombcast is over 600 episodes. It's a legacy that you talk about. And they recently went through another buyout, which is when Abby left and when uh, uh, Ben, uh, one of the other one of the other people that worked with them had left recently. So. You got a whole bunch of things going on, you got a buyout, you got people leaving, uh, you got a lot of uh, for different reasons. Some people just want to move on with their career in a different way. Uh, certainly people aren't like people aren't focusing on the reasons why they leave. They're focusing on like, hey, you know, my time's up and I want to move on and I want to do something new. And hey, these, these are the awesome things in the past, which is really cool. Uh, Jeff Gersman did say, though, he's still there uh, and he's really excited because it's really the first time in their 14 year history that. Well, I mean, they've always been this ancillary thing for so many companies, um, e even when they were when with Whiskey Media and stuff. They they well, the other things they didn't really pioneer, but they, that they were successful at was doing subscriptions. Even when they worked for CBS, they still continued to bring in subscriptions that paid for themselves. But he says now under this new company that they're at, he says they're not coming to us saying, oh, well, you got to do things our way or you got to like it, which some of those aren't going to work or or not knowing what to do with them. They're coming to them with like, we want to grow you like crazy big. We want to really expand. We want to really um, shake things up. What ideas do you have? Let's expand on those. Here's some ideas we got. So he's kind of excited about the future still, even you know, everyone is sad that uh, that uh, the three latest founding members are leaving. But uh, I don't know. It should be interesting to see how it goes from here. Yeah, I mean, they're, um, you know, Giant Bomb is one of those, um, like he said, has been out for a long time. And there's a lot of other, you know, groups that have spawned out after them. Um, like Funhouse comes to mind. It's one of the groups that mm -hmm. I used to watch a lot. And they've actually fizzled out to this point, uh, which came from Rooster Teeth, which was another uh, group of people that did things. Um uh, 
and even in like the IGN podcast that they've done, uh, those people as well. So a lot of these things have kind of spawned off ever since like the beginning of when Giant Bomb kind of started this. And, uh, and you know, all those people obviously do things going forward and, you know, they all have different things that they end up uh, recreating later in another group or whatever. Um, so we'll probably see some of those same people again later. Um, but it's it's just interesting to see those people like, you know, the transition of like, starting something, doing it a long time. And then it's like, you know what, maybe we do want to do something new. And then you end up seeing some of those people work with some other people that you didn't really realize or expected to work together. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, kind of bittersweet, you know, it's, um, you know, those people are moving on to do something new and obviously Jeff Gershman's going to have more, um, you know, like you said, freedom almost to like get that to grow and we'll see some really cool content most likely come from that. Uh, but then we'll also see, you know, these people going off in the future, uh, potentially, you know, depending on what their reasoning was to leave, uh, we may see some new stuff coming from them as well. So, um, I mean, uh, it's it's really easy. One thing that comes to mind is that a lot of sad endings lead to happy beginnings as well. Yeah. Kind of like Phoenix, right? Yep. Phoenix Rebirth and, from the fire. Right. So, yeah. Um, so there you have it. That happened this week. And uh, way to talk about it. So moving on to some. More in our wheelhouse game news. Yeah. We talked a little bit about this last week with Knockout City is a dodgeball type game. It's going to be coming to consoles here uh, May 21st. It's going to be free on EA Play and free on Xbox Game Pass. Um and it's got, you know, kind of cool visual style to it. It's kind of interesting. But I ran across this article from the developers that was went beyond interesting, straight to fascinating. And they wanted to. They wanted to have this as a good, fast paced game, fun to play, but able to be played on the Internet. And they face some of the same problems that, like, for instance, first person shooters face all the time. Uh, concepts of like, I pull the trigger at this time on my computer and you are running a certain direction when I pull that trigger. But maybe you've actually changed direction and I don't know about it because there is a slight little bit of lag. And, you know, what do you do? What do you do with the bullet? Uh, what do you do with the dodgeball? And they actually ended up writing whole new source code. They wrote their own programming language to the point where they could make this whole concept a lot easier. And what they do is they make the server in the middle, the ref, which is it's a, it's a common thing in the FPS that's not new news, yeah. but they made it the ref so much that not only is it keeping track of what you do and what I do, and then it makes the decision whether or not a ball is caught, whether a ball hits somebody, knocks them out, whether the ball misses, it's making those decisions, but the way they put it is that the server is the referee and it's living in the past. And I don't mean living in the past like your grandpappy who's sitting there in front of you and remembering the good old days and telling you about them. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Yeah, Pepperidge Farm. Not a sponsor. Could be a sponsor if they reach out to us. <laughs> Looking for sponsors. Uh <laughs> No, it's it's literally that it's living in the past. It is making predictions and looking at what the inputs are coming in. Milliseconds, uh, multiple milliseconds back in the past. And what we're seeing now is decisions that it's already made. So everything in the presence, decisions it's already made, things that it's already figured out that are going to happen uh, to to not only determine whether a ball hits, but to make sure visually it looks the same on both clients, on all clients, all the multiplayer clients should see the same thing now. Um, and and what that ref is doing now is actually figuring out what we're going to see in the future. So it's constantly living in the past and working towards the future. So it's really cool article that's on Kotaku. Uh, I'm barely scratching the surface here. Uh, it is it, in, in fact, even I think the article barely scratches the surface. I really think that there's some fascinating things. I'm curious if this is going to be 
I don't know, kind of similar to like GGPO, which is the rollback code that's used in a lot of fighting games for similar reasons. It's a similar concept. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see if they're this new thing that they developed is going to be translatable to other things like FPSs. And we see that maybe they license this out to, you know, other game developers would be kind of interesting. Is this already implemented in their game? Yeah. So this is already, this is how they Mm -hmm. built their game. Do we know what the, the player feedback is on it? Is, does it feel good? Does it feel. They don't say much about that yet, Mm. uh, but (laughs) we'll find out real quick on the 21st. Because. If you go back to the dawn of Path of Exile, they created a system that was not the same, but similar, which was their desync system. So their idea was back then their infrastructure and game clients didn't have the capabilities of communicating in a way to where um, they felt that it was a reliable experience for all players. So they implemented desync and essentially that let the server calculate what it believed was going to happen. Mm hmm. So even if you perceived one thing, the server could decide that something else happened and you could react in a way that you thought was fine. But because you reacted in that way and the server calculated differently, it proceeded to murder you on your hardcore character and cost you 137 (laughs) hours worth of your life. Not that that happened to anybody I know. Sorry, uh, correction. It's a Polygon article, not a Kotaku article. Uh, well, the, the it's guy cool though, cause it's been a lot of years now, right? Since they implemented mm-hmm. that system, they did do away with that system now that everything's more stable, but if somebody's done it correctly to where you don't have those kinds of issues where everybody perceives things differently, sounds like they definitely aim to make it unified. Well, and see, so what, I'm interested to see what the player response. The interesting is. thing about this is that what they tried, what they seem like they're trying to do is to make sure that everybody perceives the same thing. Yeah. So that you don't have that contention that it decides what the actions are. So then it feeds that back to the game client. So then everybody sees the same thing. I mean, that'd um, be interesting in first person shooters if they can kind of translate that over and maybe sell it to them. Because, I mean, that is one of the things. Desync's a huge one in, in FPS. It's like, you know, I shot that player, but like on my screen, I didn't see anybody. But yet. You know, and then a lot of people think that the reverse of it. Yeah, you feel like right, you get hacked, or, like you thought somebody shot you and, and there was nobody. But it's like, well, they they were there, but you just didn't see them because of the desync. Or or the reverse is like people like there's like there's there's videos and highlights of like players like Shroud where they they're so good at these games that they're capable of shooting within server ticks to the point where somebody is like, he didn't even shoot me. But on his screen, he 100% shot where you were going to be based on what the server was going to place you at and killed you. And you're like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, How do I stop that? Exactly. Hey, the guy who wrote this article did actually play it. He did mention that his first experience with the game was a press only remote demonstration with mm-hmm. a 2019 Alienware Area 51M laptop. So I'd imagine. 2019, not too shabby of a laptop. And he said that it was really choppy frame rate at the time, but everyone was in sync playing together. Uh, And then the weekend immediately afterwards that he played in a closed beta, he says it ran much more cleanly, you know, less choppy. uh, And that, you know, he was pretty much impressed with the gameplay. Uh, And this, and this is very much, not only is it like just dodgeball, but there's literally some special moves that some characters can do where they are effectively snipers from across the map. And, and it has to be where everybody's on the same page of whether or not that sniper shot hit or the person caught the ball. Uh, so they, they really wanted the way they were talking about it. It almost sounded like they were talking about it FPS with the amount of precision that they were talking about. So, Again, it's going to be out on a game pass. Uh, so I'll definitely be picking it up yeah, I'll check and it out. I'm going to be excited to give I'll it a shot. It. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of game pass, though, dragon builders two is on there. We should probably check that out too. Just saying it's multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, I strongly suggest I've actually downloaded it, but I just yeah. haven't played it yet. I've, I've, I've played a hundred plus hours yeah. of it on. The All right. Well, that's uh, that's our news for right now. Hang tight for just a few minutes and listen to a word for me actually um but uh about our sponsor 
So hang tight. And we're back. <laughs> so we had an interesting discussion during our little intermission here, which was quite nice. And those of you watching live are like, what are you talking about? We just we just did this. Why are you ignoring us? Um, <laughs> and Daydrinker says opinions are important. They are important. So we're going to get into what we've been playing. And uh, usually every week, uh, if this is your first time ever listening, we do play uh, game of the moment, uh, which we call every Tuesday. And uh, we play, a, we pick a game, and we've changed the format of it now. We actually have uh, typically one person playing it uh, or showing their screen of the game being played, and then us uh, other two, along with that person's on camera on the side, and we kind of just discuss, have a discussion about the game, talk about it, um, play it, and so forth and so on. Uh, so that's kind of what we've been doing. So the game this week uh, was Breath of the Wild 1.5. Uh, I'm sorry, no, that's what we have written down here, but that's actually not right. The the game was actually Craftopia. Um, no, sorry, that's not right either. Uh, the game was actually called Craftopia. And that's what you just said. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, OK, you know what? <laughs> Zeissy's a little biased because the game kind of super biased. A little, no. <laughs> a little bit like Breath of the Wild. A little bit. All right. No, oh, Which, to be totally no. honest, Breath of the Wild ripped off. I was Craftopia. editing the video. My wife <laughs> walks in while I'm editing the video. It's still framed, too. It's not even plain. It's just still frame. And she looked at it and she goes, is that Breath of the Wild? It doesn't look a little bit like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much straight up Breath of the Wild. And, and I mean, you even made the joke of Breath of the Wild 1.5. So I will say, um, I'll let Bruno obviously talk about it yeah. more in full because it's he played it. We talked about it. We saw it. We, we got to listen to it. Uh, but ultimately looking at the game at first glance definitely looks like Breath of the Wild ripoff. That's literally what it looks like. Um, and then as we watched him play a little further, um, you know, about only, I think we played almost played like two hours. Um, there's a lot of differences in this game than the actual core gameplay of Breath of the Wild or like a Zelda game. Um, but it's just the the aesthetics definitely look like Breath of the Wild. Zeissia just grabbed Damn. the mic and he's all like, I'm going to let you talk, but... Craftopia totally ripped off Breath of the Wild. Here you go. Craftopia is a Breath of the Wild looking uh, crafting survival multiplayer RPG farming simulation, life simulation, automation, simulation, automation game. It's like all the genres put into one. Um, It is a early access title on Steam that regularly costs twenty five dollars. It's all of the decent to really great functions that exist across many, many different games of those genres stolen or (laughs) recreated, I guess it's a nicer word to use, and then slammed into one game and then wrapped in 60% to 80% Breath of the Wild animations and art in order to make it look more appealing. Yeah. Um, And, and that's, that's quite literally what the game is. There's, I'm not, I'm not like, that's, that's as good of a a description as I can give. It's not hyperbola at all. It's, it's, it literally has the building system of Fortnite. Right. It, it like when you see it build walls and what they call sloped walls instead of ramps or, or diagonal walls, I think they called it. It looks Identical to Fortnite, the way it builds everything. And it even has like the total disregard for physics and structural integrity, as Demir and Ed pointed out, that Fortnite has. Um, it has the glider out of Breath of the Wild. The aesthetics oh, are completely oh, Breath of the Wild. It has got weapons borrowed from all kinds of games, including World of Warcraft. And it's it's. That's the sad part because that's what everybody's going to remember. And behind all that is this game that even for early access absolutely looks like it's got an incredible amount of depth. There are tons. There's these different ages that you open up and each of the age has tons and tons of items that you can craft and you can just not craft a whole bunch of them you want to just advance to the next stage. They ages all the way up to the point where they have biplanes and motorcycles and spaceships. Some of those aren't released yet. See above conversation. It's early access. 
And then, then there's your skill system and your combat system that have equal amounts of depth to it. Now, is some of this depth for depth's sake? Possibly. Jiren's put a number of hours in it. He can tell you whether he thinks it's fun or not. It looked like that it could be a fun time. The game gets progressively more ridiculous as time goes on. And yeah. it, it starts off already ridiculous. Very. So and eventually you get to grindy. like great magics and stuff where you're like raining down meteors and you're, you've got fighter jets and biplanes and mechs and like giant dragons with powerful magic and cannons and rocket launchers. And it, it's just weird. You start with like nothing. You craft your first weapon. It's a wooden stick. And then 80 hours later, you're like, Bring I'm going it. to space. Well, <laughs> so the, one of the, the things, thing. <clears throat> well, when I, one of the things that I noticed was, yeah, yeah. At the first look, this game definitely looks like it ripped off and that not just the breath of the wild. Absolutely we mentioned Fortnite. We mentioned, uh, I think during the stream, we also mentioned, uh, there's a few other ones that we came across. Well, I mentioned like, the sword from world of Warcraft. Uh, yeah. World of Warcraft. Yeah. So, um, it's almost like it they took a hoverboard a, race. Yeah. Which, which actually is been used in several games. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like they took a survival game that they were building and they were like, you know what? We should just skin this with Breath of the Wild. We should just take the game that we made and just skin it to look like Breath of the Wild. So that way we can do that. And and that's kind of how I feel like they did this game. Oh, um, yeah. But ultimately, yeah, there is a lot of crafting. And I, I talked about it on the stream, too. But um, as somebody who does like a lot of survival games like this, um, the other key perk about this is also it can be played multiplayer. So you can host a server uh, for your friends to join you and you guys can go off together and, you know, do this whole like adventure slash, you know, building survival and advancing through the ages. Um, so that was one of the things that uh, was very interesting about it. But at the same time, like I think watching Demir play it and as a group, even not playing it, but just watching him play it, um, it was entertaining. Uh, I could see this being entertaining with like me playing with people. I think that'd be pretty entertaining. I don't know the amount of exciting factor playing this single player. I don't know if I would enjoy well, that as much. I think it's exciting to play single player right now because it's early access. I think because there's resources like you cannot go three steps without seeing five of the resources that you need. Uh, it's yeah. all over the place that I highly, highly doubt that that's still going to be that way after early access, which means it's going to become grindy. And with that much stuff, that much depth and all those things, if that goes grindy, that's going to be a slog and boring this actually looks like a game that could very well be super exciting to play in early access and terrible to play once it's released unless yeah. they lean into it and just say let's just go all, all out ridiculous let's give you the tools you can let's just give you the resources give you the tools give you everything you want so that you can just do just a ridiculous fun time and if they do that it could probably stay fun and like you said i i think you got a point probably more fun multiplayer than single player yeah. And I think their intention is to continue to go crazy with it. Um, they've, they've only upped the dial of crazy since the game, since the game launched, like when they released an early access, the game was more tame than it is now. So they're, ju they're just like, what if we just keep turning the dial up and see when the game stops working? They just need the NPCs to like, fight back. <clears throat> well, leave that as a, a, a thing for yeah. the video, but I, I will say, yeah. even if you watch the trailer yeah. for this game right now on Steam, um, you can already see the levels of crazy this game is. Yeah, it looks like Breath of the Wild. I already said that, but the actual like footage of what you're seeing, all this automation we're talking about later, like even the trailer, you're like, this looks insane. And, and the game begins. And I think with that is blowing it. up the world. And then a God tells you, how dare you build it all over again? So yeah. there you go. If that that gives you any indication, sky is not even the limit. Sky is not even <laughs> the limit. That's that's basically it. So yeah, um, so that was a game of a minute video, uh, game of the moment video this week. If you want to check it out, it's on our YouTube page, and uh, you'll be able to watch the full uh, thing on that. So and if you want to know more about that, uh, you get our Discord, uh, which we'll have links for. Other than that, this week what I've been playing is guitar. <laughs> 
It's um, true. I've actually picked up guitar again, and it's been a while. So that's kind of what I've been focusing my attention on uh, recently. And uh, I don't have anything to to show you or let you hear, but uh, if that ever becomes a thing, I'll I'll do that. Maybe I'll I'll fit it in somewhere. So, um, but that's all I've been playing this week. Uh, hey, so. I said you got to write the news music. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> see how good I can remember to be. New intro music written by Zeissia. Maybe I'll have to come up with a new name too. I have an alter ego, uh, alter ego for for music. I'll have to figure it out. Pseudo name. Uh, Brian, did you play anything? I've been playing Mortal Kombat X, technically XL, which is X plus a whole bunch of DLC, because that was on sale for six bucks. Uh, And Mortal Kombat 11 with a whole bunch of DLC on that as well, because that was on sale for like half off. So it was like 30 bucks. (laughs) Um, The wife and I had watched the most recent Mortal Kombat movie. Nice. To kind of steal her words slash mini review, it's, hey, as long as you aren't worried about a plot or anything, you just want to go in there and have a little fun. It's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, definitely it's actually pretty accurate. And it's Mortal Kombat. I mean, you don't go there for the plot anyway. Right. Uh, oddly, though, and what I did tell her is that you do get plot and a story in the game. I was looking online for Mortal Kombat 9 uh, because I was just looking to see what its story was. And you can just go on YouTube and you can see all the cutscenes all in a row. And it's a two and a half hour block for just the cutscenes, And they they don't mess around and do the fighting when, when they have to do the fighting. They it's basically two hits and they win. <laughs> and they just continue on with the story. So that's just Mortal Kombat 9. And from what I heard, you know, 10 and 11, the story really has fun and goes places. And you can skip the fights and just watch the story in it. Uh, You know, paying $36 for, you know, uh, even six hours of cutscenes. I'm getting better money there than I am going to the movies. (laughs) And... And probably about the same level of plot and story in some movies that are out there right now. That's a fair assessment. But I had fun. I I, I went through uh, the training. I actually learned they've they've got pretty decent training in Mortal Kombat 10. 11 has much better training in it. It's very good. They'll even show you like these little hourglasses for the different button hits to let you know how fast or how close together you have to hit the button hits to actually do the move, which they don't show you in 10. And uh, at some points could be a little frustrating if you're not, especially if you're new to fighting games. I, don't, I haven't played fighting games realistically now for a while. Yeah, it's been so, a for me. Yeah. So I was like unsure, like, OK, do they want to pause here? Do they want me to like wait until the certain move finishes or gets to this point before I do the next? It was hard to tell with where 11, it was, it was right there. You could see it. You could vision it like had this thing go right down the hourglass. You could see how long for each of the button presses. So you could build up the habit. I thought it was amusing that I went through all the training in Mortal Kombat 10 and it gave me a rare achievement that only 5.33% of players had actually completed the training. (laughs) That's funny. I mean, you wouldn't think I would probably, I don't know if I'd ever complete the training in that game. I would have probably just went dove right into it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't complete the training thinking that like, hey, it's going to be making me a master. But it it's nice because it gives you ideas of what the options that you have are. So that when you're playing the game, both versions, uh, both of these two different games, you can just hit a button and you will go into a menu and you can see your move list. So you can be like, oh, OK, I uh, this guy's grabbing me a lot. I need to like work on throws or this guy's blocking Whoa. a lot. I need to work on throws or I need to work on, getting, uh, you know, throw reversals. So, OK, what's my movement again there so I can start practicing it against this guy? So they have that available. It's nice, too, because while there are some easy fatalities in there, they also have the mystery of like if you haven't unlocked or learned a fatality yet, they don't show it to you. And then when you learn a fatality, then it shows up in your move list. So, and the wife was really, really impressed with the graphics of Mortal Kombat 10. 
And then she came and saw 11 because 11 actually has an update for the current generation, the new generation. And it looks real good. So as she was actually more excited than I was the other night, she was still playing uh, past midnight uh, while I was going to sleep next to her to the button clashing and even the sounds of the TV. So so far, it's it's a hit in this household for game that released, you know, years ago for Mortal Kombat X. And uh, I think it was late 2019, early 2020 that 11 hit. If I remember correctly, but go check them out. I don't think they're on sale anymore on the Xbox, but still they're old enough that they're going to hit sales again. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I played Returnal. It's a new PS five exclusive that came out $70. Um, it is a roguelike kind of like sci-fi thriller game. Um, so you're like, could just continuously go through these procedurally generated maps, essentially, um, or a series of rooms or areas, I should say, and, uh, try and progress to the game's main story. It's designed to be a relatively difficult game. Um, I haven't played too much of it. Uh, a couple of hours made it to the first boss, um, died to it when it was one hit from death, which really pissed me off. Um, and then I haven't actually gone back since. I've just been kind of going through the maps and dying to stupid things, checking things out. So uh, I'm kind of excited. The game is really, really good. Um, it feels it, it plays really well. The uh, haptic like the, the triggers are just amazing, like the way that the guns work, like, the different pressure that you put on it is different fire modes and things like that. Um, the, the weapons in the game all feel unique and they play unique. It's like special abilities, like strong attacks that are just great. The, the sword that you get in the game, like the melee play is great. Like there's just a lot to the game so far. Um, so I'm excited to get more into that and then talk more about it later. Cool. Alrighty. Well, that's what we've been playing this week. Uh, as I said, um, we'll go ahead and get into our short attention news. Sorry, I was, I was amused by attack of the beard again. Starting off. Uh, Microsoft does not make a profit on Xbox consoles. Shocker to none. Well, most people especially analysts have said that for quite some time. What makes it unique saying it this time is that it's actually confirmed now and from such an odd place, essentially because of Epic versus Apple, the lawsuit, they called upon a vice president from Microsoft to under oath answer whether or not they make a profit from selling their hardware to which the answer was no. So this is the first time that we've gotten something official from Microsoft, even through a weird place uh, that confirms that. Just to finish it up really quick, uh, Epic pointed this out because they were pointing out the reason why consoles, that it's kind of okay that they do a 30% revenue share on their licensing is because they don't make a profit on their hardware and they're making it up there. Whereas Apple and other places do, which is why they should not be doing that type of split. Makes sense. Interesting. Um, hmm. Our next story is, uh, we've discussed this before, Twitch is under fire once more <laughs> for double standards. Surprise, surprise. A cosplayer was recently banned only for a day, I believe, but still banned for doing a um, cosplay stream where she her name is kk sparkles and she does uh body painting on stream but it's cosplay body painting so for um like may 4th um she decided to do um like a star wars inspired c3po costume body paint onto herself and uh it was reported and twitch banned her for a day um the reason why this is ending up in them being under fire is because there's currently what they call a hot tub stream meta 
with a lot of people wearing inappropriate clothing according to Twitch TOS and getting away with it. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Definitely double standards. That is for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So also with the Apple versus Epic news, um, some other information has actually leaked out because of this as well. And uh, this one actually pertains to Rocket League. So because of uh, some of the documents being leaked to the public by Epic, um, they released a there, there's a like an ad almost that was released and it shows Rocket League and it talks about their new launcher system that they're going to be bringing to uh, as a platform to bring the game um, with better you know UI, essentially. And one of the things on this thing said, it said competitive soccer based PVP with rocket power cars, you know, talking about the game. Um, and then two new products on the horizon for mobile, which they did have a mobile hand game um, that's not to be confused with. This is called um, Rocket League Sideswipe. This is a 2D version game. This is not Rocket League. Um, but one of the things they did say was that cross-platform, cross-progress between mobile, PC console, and then a mobile alpha beta long before it's released on the other platforms. So they said, oh, a next generation client with full game experience across all platforms, including mobile. So this was actually something that's leaked. And uh, apparently it's even as close as Q2, which is basically now um, of this year that this may potentially be um, a cross-platform game that you can play on your phone now. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. Fortnite is the same same thing. And this is epic. So I could totally see that happening really quickly. Hmm. So long time ago, back in the days of the Xbox and PS2, there was released a Diablo type game called Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. And the company recently decided to remake it. And that's being released later this summer, uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Uh, they're making a complete remake uh, based off of that game in general. But that wasn't enough. Apparently, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance got a 4K refresh to the original game, and it's going to be released on PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. I'm pretty sure the S as well. I think that's just... And it's going to be released tomorrow, May 7th. Granted, it's $29.99, so your mileage may vary on a game that is basically... Diablo S clone from quite a number of years ago. I'll probably still end up checking it out if it's an action <laughs> RPG. So I'm going to um, wait to see if it shows up free later on Xbox game pass and then try it out considering yeah. it's, it's not even the full remake yet. On the note of Diablo, uh, Activision Blizzard released some interesting information um, for their key one 2021 financials. Uh, essentially the main highlight here or low light if you're from Blizzard, um, is that it's lost nearly 29% of its overall active player base in three years. Um, revenue is still up overall, um, but the loss in player base is not a good sign. Um, granted, they are still pushing out numbers saying that their player base is going up, but that is their overall, like, how many people have touched the game or, or at least logged in on their free weekends not who's actually active consistently. Um, so when they release their actual numbers, it does turn out that over the last three years, they've lost 29% of their player base. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they get that back, all things considered, because they've been losing ground in a lot of different genres. Uh, World of Warcraft is really the only place where they've maintained a decent pace and retained a decent amount of their people. But um, obviously Diablo 3 has grown old and kind of stale. Um, and Overwatch is just Overwatch. Makes sense. So Sony has announced uh, that they're actually filing a patent uh, for being able to connect your player with experts uh, to help yourself in game in parts of games that may be frustrating or complex and maybe not be able to, to pass. Um, so this kind of sounds similar to what Nintendo had done in the past with the NES with you know, the tip caller hotline where you could pick up the phone and dial the way 100 Nintendo number and talk to a, a person on the other phone that was playing the game with you and give you tips and tricks. Um, but this is actually a step further from that. So what this is actually going to be doing is allowing people to 
be an expert to join your game, potentially take over your character uh, and then provide the service they need uh, to get past whatever part that you're having issues with uh, or potentially even maybe instructing you how to do it and then showing you and then you'd be able to take your control back of the character. Um, to note, though, this is not something new uh, for Sony. They've done something similar to this in the past uh, is letting your friends do that on PS4, uh, letting your friends take over, join a session with you and kind of help you play through a part. Um, so the fact that they're kind of putting a patent on this uh, seems like either that worked well enough that they think this may be a good idea or maybe now because the PS5 is out, they need to do the same. Um, but it seems like that's something they're looking into and uh, be kind of interesting to see how that turns out in the future. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that if we were swearing, I would swear a lot during this next short, um, but we're not. So I'm going to be good. This one goes <laughs> back to CD Projekt Red. And apparently CD Projekt Red's higher up are getting some big bonuses. Um, so if you don't know, CD Projekt Red is creator of games such as The Witcher and Cyberpunk 2077. Um, they do do profit sharing. So you said that's, they do. Uh, they do. <laughs> they do 20% profit sharing, 10% goes to their um, executive team, and then the other 10% goes to the remaining 856 employees. Um, their bonuses that are being received is $28 million is going to those five lead executives that are getting the bonuses, and the ones who um, apparently were the ones that misled people. So they're all making about $5.6 million in bonuses this year each. Uh, meanwhile, all the people who worked on the game and did all that overtime get a nice bonus of 32000 but certainly not the, like, 60-ish thousand that I think they probably deserve for having to work on that slog of a game. Um, so there you go. Way to go, CD Projekt Red. Always impressing Making us, us even more sad. <laughs> so, <clears throat> speaking of games that are clones or ripoffs of other games... Uh, there is a new game coming out called Super Zoo Story, and it's been kind of taking a lot of uh, traction on uh, Reddit and also on Twitter. Um, but the game, the screenshots of this game look like almost identical to Stardew Valley. Um, we had mentioned previously there's a game called Coral Island that's coming out that is definitely influenced um, by Stardew Valley, but it does have its own look and their Kickstarter is going amazing. And that's going to be actually a great game. Uh, whereas this one, not only did they take the style. So like I said earlier, like Breath of the Wild, it looks like Breath of the Wild for Craftopia. Um, but no, they literally took like all of the assets, all of the same uh, tiles for when you're talking, like the borders and everything, even the character design and even dialogues are identical to Stardew Valley. And and like I said, this is literally blowing up all over Twitter and uh, it's still considered an early. Well, it's still considered in development, um, but I, I can definitely see this having a lawsuit around it if they don't change something about this game, because this is literally identical. So Konami, known for their gyms and pachinko parlors in Japan, but certainly not known for making video games anymore, decided to say that they are not attending E3, which they can't attend anyway, because it's going to be a virtual conference anyway. To shocker of none. Yeah, pretty much. They did say, though, uh, that they apparently are working a number of key projects. So, you know, keep an eye out for them and they'll like give more information later. Uh, yeah, I can't wait until they show their next solid snake, solid snake themed pachinko. <laughs> Basically. So kind of backing that up as well. Um, <laughs> I, I thought that too, as soon as I said that, that was terrible. Um, don't, don't flag us. Don't say it. Uh, <laughs> So the list of E3 attendees now, publishers and developers, actually has grown, even though Konami decided that they're not going to attend. 
Um, but uh, announced now Square Enix, Sega, uh, Bandai, uh, Namco Entertainment, Xseed Games, and Gearbox Entertainment has confirmed that they will be attending. Uh, along with that, we mentioned before, uh, Nintendo has already signed up Xbox, Capcom, Ubisoft, Take Two uh, Interactive, Warner Brothers, and also uh, Coke Media. Uh, so this will be all, again, for that virtual style E3 that they're going to use this year, um, which will be kind of cool because we'll get some of those people that aren't you know like us who never really attend E3 um, and be able to check that out as well. So uh, mm-hmm. those are the the new list of people who will be attending. So there's going to be a lot of information, a lot of things being um, talked about. So it'll be good to check out. Our next and final story comes from No Man's Sky. Um, which is a procedurally generated space simulation game. Um, essentially, uh, the players in this game have built large communities, um, and it's got base building in it, so they've built almost entire cities. Um, and one small group of players has decided to have their own kind of fun at the expense of many others by spreading something in the game that is called the infestation. They are abusing a game function slash exploit to essentially build over the player slash community built bases um, and cover them in what quite literally looks like Zerg creep from StarCraft. Um, so the community is kind of up in arms currently asking for a resolution to it as it does cause a lot of problems. Can't really clean it up. Once it's there, it's it's there. Makes sense. So that is our shorts for now. So moving on to our emails, uh, that's why I grabbed my phone uh, if you're watching because I want to check and see if we have any emails. Uh, and it looks like we do have one from James the Great. I don't know if they're related to James Z Sucks. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they're cousins uh, or something. James the Great is James the Sucks father. Oh, OK. Um, so this game, he's, he's from the greatest generation. He's a boomer. <laughs> oh, OK. Um, so the subject of this is titled Decisions, Decisions. And the email says, which game that you lose all your inventory items on does Bruno like more? Returnal or Outriders? These are tough questions. Mm. <laughs> so, But one's by design, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, one is. Well, I mean, I guess technically they're both by design. Um, because Outriders was just poor design decisions yeah. that resulted in it. So okay. really, it was by design. It wasn't even poor design decisions. They they specifically <laughs> came out and said, we intend to set up our server infrastructure this way. This is how we want to do it. Um, so, you know, um, I'd say it depends, right? Uh, Outriders did finally, as of yesterday, refund my gear and fix my account. However... My entire stash is non-existent. All of my mods are wiped, and I didn't get back any of my resources. So even though I have max-rolled godlike gear, I don't have max-rolled godlike gear of the kind that I actually wanted, that I had in my storage. So that that sucks. Um, I think for hours played, um, as of right now, Outriders still wins, because I have played that game for a total of 130 hours. But I think for polish um, and just general stability, effort... Um, coordination, uh, art style, gameplay mechanics, um, subsystems in the game, uh, pretty much everything really, uh, Returnal wins. Just on hours, Outriders wins. That's all Outriders has, is it has more hours of game time in it. Um, so Returnal, I guess, is the final answer. Four hours of Returnal trumps 130 to 140 hours of Outriders. Um, I said all of this. Without swearing a single I'm time. I'm so very I'm impressed. This is uh, that was mm. I'm sure that was a feat. Um, <laughs> and you've reminded me that after this, I have to go and update my review on Outriders to further slam them for <laughs> sucking at everything that they've tried to achieve. Great. So that those were our emails for uh, this week. So thanks. Thanks for that. If you guys want to send us an email, feel free to send us an email at GOA at sasgaming.com where we can read it out loud here for uh, for us to answer. And uh, you can always uh, email us what you what you've been doing, any you know, and, uh, hobbies or anything that you're picking up. Uh, or if you have questions for us, feel free to do that as well. Um, so still send waiting us an email. for that update. 
yeah, still send us that email. Show us the update of that uh, little tiny home, little tiny house thing that you're building. Can't Alrighty. Do it. So if uh, if you want to, well, that's well, that's what got our attention this week. And uh, if you are listening to the podcast, you can check us out live on Twitch on Thursdays, uh, starting at nine Eastern. Uh, we do our podcast live there, uh, where we then, after this is over, we do throw it up onto the interwebs uh, up on YouTube, and uh, you'll be able to watch the video there. If you are interested in supporting more content like this and you are wanting to support us in a way, uh, we do have a Patreon account open now, uh, patreon.com slash sasgaming. Uh, one of the perks there that if you do become a subscriber, you are able to get the podcast ad free uh, along with all of our YouTube contents um, uploaded there as well. So if that's something that you're interested in and you want to help us out a little bit further than that, feel free to do that. Uh, we would totally appreciate it. So. Uh, as we said before, we're looking for sponsors. So if anybody wants to, anybody wants to, to donate a, a sixth little child here, we will take it. Um, so the uh, so anyway, if you want to follow me, I'm Zycia, um, XYCIA uh, on Twitch, or XYCIA Gaming on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, I don't post a whole lot on Twitter and Instagram. I'm trying to remember to do that, and I posted a few things in the last day or so. So hopefully, I'll continue that. Uh, I just don't want to post pictures of myself. Like, I don't know. It's just there's only so many pictures of myself I can take. And I don't know. I don't really do that much. So anyway, yeah, that's my information. I, <laughs> I suffer from the same thing. Unfortunately, I'm not uh, posting enough uh, on there because usually Twitter and Instagram is the easiest place to find Phoenix Nova. P-H-O-E-N-N-I-X Nova. Uh, you put an underscore in between there for Twitch. And uh, through those, you can uh, make your way to my YouTube site, which I'm almost halfway there to being able to actually have a usable channel name instead of a random set of letters and numbers. Uh, and you're going to find a whole bunch of Lego build videos there and the occasional Catmeo. In fact, the most recent one, uh, well, not actually not even the most recent one, but one of the recent ones has a couple Catmeos of Lucy on it. And I slow down the action there for that. Cool. What about you, uh, Bruno? You can find me on Twitch at uh, Dimirin, D-Y-M-Y-R-N, or Twitter at Dimirin Gaming. Um, I do not post often on social media. I really suck at social media. <laughs> well, I would uh, say you suck in general, but that's fine. Sure. Uh, I suck in general, I guess. I mean, not as bad as Mike, but, you know, we can't all be that terrible. Um, I will be streaming. I say this every time. I will be streaming more often. Coming up soon, I have ordered a capture card so that I can start streaming yes. um, PS5 games. Um, so things like Returnal, Neo 2, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else. M many games. <laughs> Ghost Astrobot. of Tsushima, all these games I want to replay. Um, Ratchet and Clank, when that comes out. Um, I may actually pick pick up Resident Evil Village and play that as well on stream um, coming up here shortly. I can't wait till Mike plays that. That's going to be a blast. Not going to play that. Um, anyway, uh, again, if you want links to any of this stuff, sasgaming.com. You can find all of our links there. So feel free to do that. And that's where you'll find all of this information that we're talking about. Uh, until next time, that is uh, that is it for today. We appreciate you guys out there and gals that are listening or watching or somehow interacting with us in any way. Uh, without you guys, we wouldn't. Well, we'd still be doing this, but it just wouldn't be as entertaining. So we appreciate y'all out there. Sad. Entertaining for us. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, be safe. Obviously, uh, get vaccinated if you can. If you want to wear a mask, all that fun stuff. Have a good day. Y'all take care. <laughs>